The gospel lesson today is from chapter Matthew chapter 11, verses 16 through 19 and 25 through 30. It can be found in your pew Bible on page 1513. Please stand if you are able. To what can I compare the generation? They are like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling out to others. We played the pipe for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, He has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by her actions. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned, and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. All things have been committed to be to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. It is not every Sunday that your pastor is um, falls under the power of the Holy Spirit. So for those of you who may be concerned, all is well. In addition to the verses that you've just heard and read, I'm going to ask you to turn in your pew Bibles to page 1512 or find your Bible on your app. And let's look very briefly at chapter 11, verses 2 and 3. Page 1512 in your pew Bibles or turn to Matthew chapter 11, verses 2 and 3 on your Bible app. When Jesus heard, I'm sorry, when John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, are you the one who is to come or are we to wait for another? Again, the word of God for the people of God, thanks to God. Let us pray. Speak, Lord, and help us to hear you, the one who is our strength and our redeemer. Amen. What do you do when life's experiences are not in alignment with your expectation of Jesus Christ? In other words, what do you do when your broken hopes and shattered dreams lay on the floor of your life and your expectation of Jesus Christ's intervention before their breakage and shattering had not been met. For a few moments on today, I'm going to preach from the topic, Taking the Yoke. I'm going to ask you to bring up that picture of the yoke. Thank you so much, Sherry, for sharing the children's moment this morning with a picture of the yoke. 
Today's gospel lesson is a very familiar text. How many of you have read or heard that particular gospel lesson before? Right, the majority of us, if not all of us. And we know, we know that familiarity can lead to apathy and even indifference when it comes to the Word of God when we've heard a familiar scripture. And yet, because we know that as the writer of Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 reminds us that the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart, because we have that word, we can approach this text not with an attitude of apathy or indifference, but with an attitude of anticipation and expectation. Prior to Jesus talking about the people who had complained about John and Jesus in verses 16 through 19 of chapter 11, verses 2 and 3 provide us with a glimpse of John the Baptist's struggle and question about Jesus Christ. John the Baptist, who found himself in prison, as you know from the reading, he sends his disciples to Jesus with the crucial question. Are you the one who is to come? Are you the Messiah? Or should we expect someone else? This, this is the same John, beloved who, as Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 15, records, had baptized Jesus to fulfill the scripture. This is the same John who witnessed the manifestation of the Spirit of God in the form of a dove upon Jesus after Jesus' baptism in Matthew chapter 3, verse 16. And yes, this is the same John the Baptist who hears the voice of God declaring that Jesus is the Son of God in Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. And yet, in Matthew chapter 11, this John asks the question, are you the one or should we look for another? Does it sound familiar? Have you asked the same question of Jesus as you found yourself facing insurmountable heartache and pain, you as a follower of Jesus Christ, you the one who has shared your faith with your friends and family and co-workers and fellow students, you who declare to others that now to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Yes, you. You and me. Have we ever asked Jesus that question? Are you really, really, really who you say you are? Are you really the one who I thought you were? Or should I be looking for somebody else? John was not the only person who did not get it, who misunderstood the mission and the person of Jesus Christ. Those who had their own games to play and who found that John nor Jesus met their expectations or predetermined criteria of their own values. Look at verses 16 through 19 in this chapter. They didn't get it. The citizens of the cities 
where Jesus had performed miracles that signaled the offering of salvation and the coming of the kingdom of God, verses 20 through 24. They didn't get it. And no, the scholars and the wise people who could explain much about mission and revelation, and yet in verses 25a, we understand that they didn't get it either. So, if those who should have understood Jesus' mission and the person of Jesus did not get it, the question for us today is, what can we glean from this text? As we live in the 21st century trying to be followers of Jesus Christ, and yet for some of us we are seeing on the floors of our lives broken hopes and shattered dreams. Well, the first thing that this text tells us is that unmet human expectations can and probably will be a reality of the disciples' lives. If I were to take a poll today, I would just ask you, so how many of you have found on this journey called discipleship that your faith has been shaken to the core of your being? And as a result of that shaking, you're asking the question, wait a minute, Jesus, are you the one? Or should I be looking for someone else? So what do we glean from this text? The first thing I would suggest to you is this. We can acknowledge the doubt. We can acknowledge that we have questions as followers of Jesus Christ. We can acknowledge, I don't get it. I don't understand. I've tried to be faithful. I've tried to serve you with my entire being. I don't get it, Jesus. Why am I experiencing what I am experiencing? The first thing is to acknowledge the doubt. I don't get it. I, don't, I can't figure you out. I'm, I'm beginning to have questions about you. The second thing that we can glean from this text is acknowledge the struggle. That is what John the Baptist did. Oh, he, he knew the history. He knew what he had witnessed. He knew that he had seen the power of God in his midst. And yet, he became vulnerable. He acknowledged the struggle. I don't need, and the world does not need, and this church does not need people who pretend that everything is all right when on the inside you are hurting and breaking. The third thing that I would suggest we can glean from this text is that in addition to acknowledging the doubt and acknowledging the struggle, I need you to remember the God who has revealed God's self to us is also a God of mystery. We don't know everything about God. We have not learned everything that there is to know about God. In Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9, we, God reminds us, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. 
I would suggest to you, as we look at this text today, there's a question that comes up, and that question is this. Are you willing to listen? You see, when I look at the text, Jesus speaks to all of the people who have had an encounter with him. And not all of them were willing to listen, except, except. Those who are viewed as babes, those who are viewed as those who are disciples but have, who have no power, they've been given the gift of revelation which comes from God alone. The final principle that I can glean from this text is this. In the midst of all of the broken hopes and the shattered dreams, the pain, the physical, mental, emotional, even maybe spiritual pain that exists, there's one thing we can do. and that is to accept the invitation that Jesus Christ offers to us. I want to show you a picture of that yoke. I want to show you a picture of two oxen who are yoked. So, I've been told I, I'm just sharing this with you. I've been told that when two oxen are yoked, usually there's an older oxen that is yoked with the younger oxen, and the older oxen helps to lead and guide the younger oxen because the younger oxen does not know what to do. The older oxen teaches the younger oxen. Thank you. So what can we do? We, we can accept this invitation that Jesus Christ extends to us, being yoked to Jesus Christ. In ancient Rome, as Sherry had mentioned, um, Yokes were used to bound beasts and slaves and others, but being yoked to Jesus means, one, we will remember the promises that Jesus has made to us, such as, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand in spite of what you see, in spite of what you are experiencing. I am with you. 
So do not fear when you walk through the waters. They will not overwhelm you. Do not fear. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned up. I will be with you. One commentator stated, faith does not grow from our testing Jesus against our criteria to see if he measures up. Jesus is not the best example of the values we already have validated on some other basis. No, we're called to measure ourselves against who Jesus is and what Jesus Christ teaches. And I will share with you, beloved, that sometimes it means that we will have to become comfortable with the silence. So what is our response to be? Yes, accept Jesus' invitation that's extended to all who are burdened in one way or another today who are not only in need of salvation, but also who are in need of learning what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ according to Jesus Christ's standard. Wow. And not only are we to learn that individually, but also as a congregation, what does it mean to accept this invitation that Jesus says to Evangel Heights United Methodist Church, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Let me teach you what it means to be yoked to me. When I think of that picture of the two of the oxen being yoked together, it says to me very clearly that Jesus Christ is with us. Jesus Christ is one who is up close and personal, not one who is distant. Jesus wants us to know that yes, even though you may be going through, Jesus knows just where you are. And Jesus knows you in an intimate and personal way. John chapter 10, verses 3 and 5 states, The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, Jesus, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Yeah. Doubts? Unmet expectations? Yes. What are we to do? Acknowledge them. What are we to do? Trust the one who has extended an invitation to us for us to be yoked with him. You may have heard this story before, but I want to share it today. Years ago, the great actor Richard Burton was given a grand reception in his childhood parish. While replying to the complimentary speeches in the parish auditorium, he asked if there was anything they specially wanted to hear from him. 
After a minute's pause, his old pastor asked him if he could recite the Good Shepherd Psalm, Psalm 23, which he had taught Burton in his Sunday school. A strange look came over the actor's face. He paused for a moment and then said, I will on one condition, that after I have recited it, you, my pastor and teacher, will do the same. I, said the old retired pastor, I am not an actor, but if you wish it, I shall do so. Impressively, the actor began the psalm. His voice and intonation were perfect. He held his audience spellbound, and as he finished, a great burst of applause broke out from the audience. As it died away, the old pastor rose from his wheelchair and began to recite the same psalm. His voice was feeble and shivering, and his tone was not faultless. But when he finished, there was not a dry eye in the room. The actor rose, and his voice quivered as he said, Ladies and gentlemen, I reached your eyes and ears, but my old pastor has reached your hearts. The difference is just this. I know the psalm, but he knows the shepherd. Evangel Heights Church family and friends, that's the question for us today. Do we know the shepherd? Or do we know about the shepherd? And if we know the shepherd, are we willing to be led by the shepherd? Trusting the shepherd in spite of what life presents to us. Being yoked to Jesus Christ will provide us with the life that we are searching for. A life that looks to Jesus Christ for companionship, compassion and guidance, and direction, especially in the midst of broken hopes and shattered dreams. Let us pray. We give you thanks, compassionate and loving Jesus, for your invitation to each and every one of us and to us corporately as a congregation to take your yoke and learn of you, a yoke that will help us to see, understand, trust, and learn even more about you as you lead us through life's corridors, as you lead us out into the world. Thank you for this invitation. Thank you. May we say yes. Amen.